Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Nicolette Halliday. She is the owner and founder of Inspired Hearts Publishing House. Welcome, Nicolette. It's an absolute pleasure and honor to have you here. How are you doing today? Wonderful, Brad. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you here and looking forward to diving in and learning about all the things Nicolette. So let's jump right in. So as mentioned, you're the owner and founder of Inspired Hearts Publishing House. How long ago did you start your publishing house? So officially April of 2021. What were you doing for work before you decided to start the publishing house? Yeah. So I was actually working in my virtual assistant and online business management company and had done that for about four years, inevitably found my way into this publishing niche and was uh, exclusively supporting other publishers on the back end of their publishing and saw the vision, felt so aligned with the work, really enjoyed the industry and decided to take the leap and go out on my own. Oh, so you had a foot in the publishing industry industry already, you decided to take it on as your own and start your own. That's what, yep. It was was a natural progression that I didn't necessarily like expect or seek out, but was very welcomed. Those are the best ones, the surprises. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what was the inspiration then for you behind starting your own publishing house? Well, like I said, I just, you know, I was working, supporting other publishers, felt so aligned, really saw the potential in the industry. I loved this opportunity for people to come and share their stories and experience in books. There's something so legendary about publishing and books and leaving our legacy that I was so drawn to. And I was so aligned to the work that I was doing. I felt like my skill set was just perfectly balanced for it, but I just had this desire. I wanted to lead the vision and really just leaned into that. Beautiful. And so how did you come up with the name for the publishing house? So Inspired Hearts Publishing, Inspired Hearts has been with me for a while, several years before I did a Facebook challenge about living with an inspired heart. And I just think what's better than living with an inspired heart? Absolutely agreed. So Nicolette, what is it that sets your publishing company apart from some of the other publishing companies out there? I mean, why should someone come to your publishing house if they're looking to or looking for a published house to work with as opposed to the many others that are out there? Yeah, good question. So I think there's so many options. And when it really boils down to who someone's going to decide to work with is who they feel very connected to personally when we are working with indie publishers, self-publishers who work so closely with their clients, right? One of the things that I'm most curious about 
is experiencing the full spectrum of our emotions and modeling what that looks like for other people. So while inviting them into the experience, it's kind of like one of my superpowers. And so along with that, I'm kind of on a mission to bring more authenticity and realness, more camaraderie back into online space and publishing. And I think people who want to have that really real life feeling like this isn't just a business transaction, but that we are working with humans, telling human stories and doing a very human thing, which is sharing our our yeah. lives through books, that that is maybe one of the reasons. Yeah, that would be a big part of it, humanizing it. Because you're right, it's this type of work. It's not just a business transaction. There's a hell of a lot more to it. And we do need to personalize and humanize it for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, and especially with traditional publishing, it is a transaction. <laughs> it, yeah. it really is. And, and I know you also work in this space, so you really understand that when people are sharing their stories, when they're sharing their experience, when they're publishing books, a lot of kind of issues around visibility can come up. So we start yeah. self-sabotaging. We start, you know, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm this is scary. I'm going to share this big thing. And having someone who really holds space for you through that process, I think, can be such an advantage. Oh, absolutely. Because they, like you said, there are a lot of fears that come up and self-limiting beliefs. And I think that's our job as publishers to be that support system for them and to let them know that, hey, you know what? You do have people here to lean on. And another thing that's a great part of the multi-author books is they also have the other authors that are part of the process to lean on and to rely on and who are going through similar things as well. Absolutely. And to inspire and yeah. to um, cheerlead all yes. of those things. And, and it's just really the energy that's created in those multi-author book containers is just, it's palatable, right? So for sure. Um, and, and I think that's probably one of the things that so many people will tell me after going through the process of right, um, contributing to a multi-author book is they weren't expecting for the tr personal transformation that they experienced in walking through that container because it's not just about writing your story. That's a big piece of it. It's not just about publishing it, which is another huge piece of it. Mm -hmm. It's also about owning it yeah. and saying, I am worthy of sharing this and I want to sing it from the rooftops. For sure. I personally think one of the biggest parts of that whole process is the camaraderie and the sister. Well, for me, anyways, the book that I published, it's it's focused solely on women authors. So that sisterhood that was created. And for me, as a publisher standing on the outside looking in at the authors to see that camaraderie of the sisterhood and them coming together and connecting with one another and supporting one another and cheering each other, that was hands down for me absolute best part of the entire thing as a publisher to witness and to be part of. Yeah. It's incredible. It's so powerful. Yeah, it really is. And I think it's a testament to the fact that women want to support each other. Yeah, for sure. And I think that with the multi-author books too, though, this is something that you're getting that you don't get when you're publishing a solo book, right? Yeah. Oh, in the, and, and in the traditional way too. I mean, it's a very low, from what I've, I've spoken to, to people who have written their own books and published their own, but gone through a traditional publisher and they've talked about how lonely that process is. Yeah, that's, it's absolutely true. And 
I think that's probably some, I don't know why it always surprises me, but it always seems to surprise me after everyone is so many people report that being their favorite part. Yeah, for sure. Experience. Even though I know it's going to be an incredible, you know, piece of it. I think I kind of, you know, it's like the remembering and forgetting. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. So now with you wearing that publishing hat, you've also been on the other side of the fence where you've been an author. Was writing something that was always part of who you were or who you are or was this was writing a fairly new path for you when you stepped into or put on that author hat writing has always been a piece of who I am I just have always you know just stacks of journals and just writing for the sake of writing writing classes and really just exploring my own creative expression has been something that has always been on my heart and always something that I've kind of dabbled in and then with social media of course making it so much easier to share, you know, what was on my heart with more people and having that instant reaction or, you know, being able to connect with people through my writing, really explored that through social media. And throughout my entrepreneurial journey, I've always known writing was a big piece of how I connected best with the people who I'm here to serve. Being a writer, do you find writing therapeutic, cathartic? And if so, can you share an instance in your personal life where writing has helped you deal with the situation or helped heal something you were going through? Writing is my therapy. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. So, yes. Um, That's a big yes. Yes, that's a big yes. It is absolutely my therapy. And it is something that I use in all so many different aspects. I still have stacks of journals. So obviously there's still that piece, but even even writing more publicly. So more recently, you know, right around this time I started my publishing company actually was going through a separation and a divorce with of my 20 over 20 year marriage and writing publicly and really sharing about the vulnerable experience and all of the full spectrum of what that meant starting a business and the polarity of going through the separation and all of the things that it woken up in me writing in real time I 100% know helped my healing It made me where I am so open to talking about it. And I wouldn't have been able to process that experience and have such an emotional, like, just being okay if I wouldn't have written about it. And so I'm curious then, again, now that you've been on both sides of the fence, do you prefer wearing your author hat or your publisher hat? And what are a couple of things you enjoy the most about each of these crafts? I think I still prefer the author hat. Oh, I just, wow. I okay. love, I love the creative expression. It is how it's a piece of me and I feel like it's still my best tool for connecting with people and making a bigger impact in the mm-hmm. world. But I also love the publishing piece. And I think they're so tied together, I think, because I'm a a writer and because I'm always very transparent, it really gives my clients permission and invitation to be really real and sharing what they're going through too. So there's that piece. But I, I think, yeah, if I had to pick... I would probably choose writer, (laughs) Um, but I, the publishing, I mean, 
so then the other part of the question, what do I enjoy? I, I adore helping people share their story and just being in their experience. I feel like it's such a tool to grow businesses. And when I put on my publishing hat, my very detail oriented <laughs> and strategy systematic, yeah. how am I going to help? You know, that part of me comes through, which is a lot of fun too. And so, yeah, that's probably oh. my favorite part is just seeing the growth that people experience through it. So in your opinion, Nicolette, what would you say are a couple of the key benefits of publishing in today's day and age with the way the industry has shifted where the old way of having a gatekeeper is not as common anymore? So the key benefits of publishing is, oh, where do I start? There's so many. <laughs> Honestly, I think that just creating credibility, really distinguishing yourself from other people doing similar work from you. There's still a lot of accolade that is a lot of prestige. People really hold the idea of published author in high regard. So just even if someone doesn't read your writing, but know that you've written it and published it, it automatically creates a lot of credibility for you. And then just opening up the doors, I think the message, the clarity in your message that comes through is like nothing else. When you sit down and write so detailed about your own experience or your expertise, you gain this, like, it's like going to business branding school because you get just this unique understanding about what sets you apart. And so when you go to talk on podcasts or you're getting interviewed, you have this very, you're very grounded in your messaging. You know why you're here and what you're meant to talk about. So what would you say are two or three of the most common myths in the publishing world? So I think that there's still such a misunderstanding about the world of publishing. One of the things is people really have this idea that you write your book and you're going to make a lot of money from the royalties, which, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which maybe sometimes happens. I'm not saying that it never does. If you have a big email list and a massive following, you might get picked up by a traditional publisher and get a really good book deal. But really, there's so many better ways for the bulk of people to really build their business, make money on the back end of the book launch without necessarily considering the royalties from the book. So for, I want to talk a little bit about the shift. Now, for me, being just fairly new to this world, becoming an author this year and a publisher this year as well, all within the span of about, thank you, of <laughs> six months, I'm noticing an explode. It's It feels like and seems like an explosion in the publishing and writing world of multi-author books. Like everywhere I look, it's like, holy shit, everybody is publishing multi-author books. Now, I don't know if that's just because it's the old red car syndrome where, you know, you buy a red car and then all of a sudden you're seeing all these red cars out on the road and everywhere you look. Or if it's been like that for a while, I just never really noticed or paid attention to it because I wasn't involved in that world. What would you attribute that to if it is fairly recent in your opinion? And why do you think there's such a surge in it? I think that it is fairly recent. I think that there's with technology and platforms that make it a lot easier for people to self-publish, that there's a lot of different things that are coming. More people are publishing Oracle decks. More people are publishing journals. Like There's so many more ways that people are realizing that they can share their message through 
the book platform. But with multi-author books specifically and people deciding to publish them, I think the potential, I mean, people see the potential. There's a financial opportunity. More and more people have experienced writing in a multi-author book and then kind of fall in love with the process. I've known several people who started writing in a book and then decided, wait a minute, I kind of want to lead my own vision and put together my own book. I see the potential here. So I think there's that. And I think that you know, when you see a good thing and it feels right, you want to jump on board, right? Yeah, absolutely. So being a podcaster myself and, and since stepping into this new world that I'm now immersed in, I truly believe, and I'm certain that you feel the same way, our words and our stories have such incredible power and potential and purpose. So I'm curious for you as the owner of a publishing house, you must hear from people all the time. I don't have a story to share or nobody wants to hear my story. All those self-limiting beliefs. What do you say to the authors that you encounter and hear those types of things from? And what is one piece of wisdom or advice that you would share with people who say that or anyone else out there who feels that way? I think that everyone has a story and until you sit down to give reverence to your experience and really put the consideration of putting it, you know, because the idea of a multi-author book specifically, if you're sharing around a certain theme, you were called to share around that theme because you obviously have a very unique perspective and experience around it. I think when we share our personal story, it's an invitation for other people to be really honest about what they've experienced, what they're going through, where they see their life going. And to me, it's like creating a big ripple of love and understanding in the world. The more people who are brave enough to come up and say, this is my story. This is what I experienced is bringing more just understanding to the world. So everyone, I think, no matter where what you've been through, you absolutely have a story. And I think some people maybe say or tell themselves that they don't have a story because they haven't given the reverence to really consider what the impact it has had or could have on someone else's life. And that's it there. That's the most important part is first realizing that, yes, every single person on this planet has a story, but thinking about it on a grander scale, the fact that it will have and it will impact at least one person out there in the world, someone out there will be able to relate to that story and resonate with it. And that, to me anyways, is the most important part is having that impact. Absolutely. And I think you, by going through the process of writing about your own experience, will gain a better understanding, will have more appreciation for what you've been through. For sure. Absolutely agree with you. So Nicolette, what is the most inspiring part of your work in empowering the women to become the authors of their own life and find their voices in order to be able to share their stories with the world. What lights you up the most about that? I think the progression, the personal transformation that happens when people sign up to either write a solo book or contribute to a multi-author book, really they're stepping into a portal. And if you show up with an open heart and come all in with it, you aren't going to come out the same person that you entered into it with. And so seeing that transformation and seeing people light up with the reality of who they are becoming clear on, you know, just becoming really confident 
with who they are and wanting to share more of themselves. What is one piece of advice you have for women who are looking to start their own publishing companies? I think find if you're interested in starting your own publishing company, really valuable, either find a mentor who's going to support you, who's been through it and who's done it, a community of people. And really any, even if you're, if you're starting a publishing company or if you're deciding to become a life coach, creating a community of people who are going to hold space for that transformation, because you can't expect the people in your own circle who are around you right now to necessarily be able to see the vision the whole time with you. Yeah, that community, I think is probably, and I think this goes for entrepreneurship in general, that community is the most important part, having that support, having that community around you of like-minded people who understand what you're going through and who get what you're going through and who are there to support you and you give back support to them as well. I think that is the most important part of entrepreneurship. That's the foundation for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of like say, you know, you see this vision and you can see yourself in this new role, but the people who are around you in this, you know, right now might not be able to see it. And so you have to be able to be surrounded with other people who can help you see it, who can remind you because there are going to be wobble. There's going to be moments where you feel unstable, where you're not sure. And if you don't have that built-in support system, you're just going to find yourself going back to the people who you're like, wait a minute, no, don't you see the vision? It's over there. I have to (laughs) remind you again. You really have to have people kind of magnetizing you towards that vision because whenever we're doing something new and different and a little bit scary, we need support and we need that kind of backbone of people who are like, you got this. Yeah, for sure. You say that you're on a mission to bring more authenticity, realness, and camaraderie back into the online space and into publishing. Why is this so personally important to you? There's so much surface level in online business. There's so much, look at me, shiny filters. And I think that people are just ready for more sincerity. I think that's the next evolution of kind of merging kind of this really surface level industry and bringing more relationships, more sincere relationships, more depth into what we're doing. I think it's more meaningful. I think it has stronger foundation. I think because we're online more, because we're isolated more, if we don't do that, there's going to be an emptiness, a void that follows. Now, I know that you're of the belief that it's of very high importance that entrepreneurs should become published authors. Why, in your opinion, should entrepreneurs publish a book? I think that I like to say that it helps you stand out in the online sea of sameness. <laughs> you really need something to stand apart. And there's a prestige to publishing. There's a legacy. Some people come to me because they're entrepreneurs but they realize they're thought leaders and publishing a book is the best way to really package your message or experience and your vision. Nicolette, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I think that my grit and willingness to roll with the punches, to try new things and let go of things that aren't working and lean into the things that are has been very valuable. But I also think my, just my desire and ability to create relationships has been a really important part of my success. Now, speaking of success, 
how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? I think it's personally defined by each person. To me, success means doing work that I love, that I am making an impact in the world and also doing that by making an income. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big part of why we get into business and become entrepreneurs. Is, I mean, first of all, freedom, I would think is a big yeah. one. Having impact is another. But of course, we're all in this to make money too. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it. Otherwise, it's a hobby, right? But yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're not making money, it's a hobby. Yeah, so for sure. It would be a pretty time-intensive hobby yes, <laughs> for someone absolutely. who wants to do this. But I think, you know, for me, I think the freedom is such a big piece. Freedom of expression, freedom of creation, and, and the earning potential and ability to create life on your own terms. That's what success means to me. But I think for each of us, it, it needs to be personally identified. I don't buy into the success model of like, you know, buying a million dollar mansion and that's what it means for success. To yeah. me, it's not necessarily about that, but I still want to be comfortable. Of course, absolutely. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? What was your life like after you learned it? That's a big question. I think the most important thing that I've ever learned is that you can't worry about what other people think about you. And you have to be yourself and not expect approval or validation from other people necessarily. I think once you can let go of other people's expectations there's such a freedom that has like unlimited potential. What is one of your biggest failures or we'll, we'll use the term life lessons or teachable moments. <laughs> and what did you learn from it? Hmm. I think a tangible example. Hmm. I think probably one of my bigger failures has been trying to maneuver the online space with the day-to-day -day people. There was a time where I didn't feel like I could be fully creative, expressed, right, fully about what I was experiencing. And I felt really uncomfortable with some of those people in my day-to-day -day being able to receive it. And I feel like I kind of failed at communicating that with them. And so it kind of made some awkward endings where it didn't need to be. If you could set up a billboard anywhere, where would you put it? <laughs> And what would it say? <laughs> That's a hard one. Wow. I think ooh, if I could set up a billboard anywhere, I mean, Times Square, I guess, is the thing okay. that comes to mind. But I think it would say live with an inspired heart. Okay. Beautiful. Who in your life, Nicolette, has had the biggest impact on you and why? My daughters, because they've taught me so much about selfless love and have made me want to be the best version of myself. That's powerful. What does the word empowerment mean to you? Empowerment means being fearless and being yourself. What aspect of your personality do you think has been the most helpful in your career? I think my ability to relate and to empathize with all kinds of journeys, being open-minded and open-hearted with the opportunities for people to see themselves. I love it. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions will just be one, two, three, forward answer type thing, okay? Okay. 
What is your favorite word? Inspired. Entrepreneur life is? Murky. <laughs> that it is. <laughs> if you came with a warning label, what would yours say? Extreme emotions. How would you describe yourself in one word? Hmm. Intuitive. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? To live with an inspired heart. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? A soulmate. What is your favorite entrepreneurial book? It's not necessarily entrepreneurial book, but Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza changed my life. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> <laughs> In the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Belief that living a great life is the path to success. Like waking up every day saying, what does it mean to live a great life? That is inspiring. I love that. What's something surprising you've learned about yourself in the past year? How strong I am. That's huge. That realization. We don't give ourselves enough credit. And a lot of the time we are a lot stronger than we think we are. Yeah. I think when we go through transformation and transformation can look a lot. It can look different. It can be an explosion in your business or it can be your marriage falling apart. For me, those things happen simultaneously and I maneuvered through it. And at times I felt like I was broken and I still kept going. And here you are better for it and much stronger coming through it. That's right. Resilience. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Nicolette, if you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? I would love to talk to Brene Brown about her research and just understanding unvulnerability because I think we as a society have become so removed from our most real aspects of who we are, that it has broken people. And I think being really real and honest with who we are and what we've been through, where we're going, is the medicine for our times. Beautifully said. Love it. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Don't worry about what everyone else thinks. No one else is really paying attention to you. Like they just, people, I think we get in our own heads about thinking, oh my gosh, I said that wrong or no one's noticing. Everyone is worried about themselves. People are busy trying to figure out their own lives. No one's sitting there watching your live and hearing you mistakenly say that word wrong or (laughs) it's just like, get over yourself. Basically. I think that's what you would say. Get over yourself. You're not as important as you want to be in that way. That self-importance illusion. (laughs) And in the worst way, because we always give ourselves the most self-importance in our like perceived failures. And it's like, no one cares. No No one cares. It's okay. Life is messy. Life is full of mistakes. It's okay to make a mistake during your live or during a conversation or whatever the fuck the case may be. It's okay. No one gives a shit. No one's putting more attention than you on it. I promise you. No one is paying more attention than you. Like, so quit. Like, just quit paying attention because it doesn't matter. (laughs) Oh, my God. Brad used the incorrect grammar there. What the fuck was he thinking? Exactly. My (laughs) friend was like, oh, my gosh, I went to this thing and... I said this 
I went to this business meeting and I said this and I was, I'm wondering what that guy thinks about me. And I looked at her, I said, he's not thinking about you or what you, <laughs> he's not, he's thinking about what he said at that other thing. Like just, yeah. quit, you know, like no one cares. <laughs> well, let's be honest. There are times where you can completely blow shit up and say the absolute worst or wrong thing. Absolutely. There are those situations, but if it's. And down- even then you end up okay. Yeah, absolutely. You come through it for sure. You do survive. I mean, it is what it is, right? I think, I guess the little, I think, you know, just getting in my own head about the little things though. It's not, yeah, I mean, you can maybe really screw something up and recognizing it and maybe apologizing it is warranted, but the little things where it doesn't hurt anybody, yeah. no, you know, those things, it's just, it doesn't really matter. And yeah. it's more of a personal failure. No one's paying as much attention to that as you might think. 100% agreed. Lastly, Nicola, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your people, your tribe that you surround yourself with, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? I would say that be yourself and be honored in being yourself, that you are here in this moment, in this time for a reason, and that your experience, your relationships, your life trials, all of the things that have gotten you to this moment in time happen for you and to you so that you can be here to be more of yourself and just be that person. Beautiful. Wonderful way to end the interview. Nicolette, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about your personal journey and story through this world and all of the amazingly beautiful work that you're doing and the bright light you're shining out into the world with the work you're doing. I appreciate you and I am honored and so happy to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. So thank you for being amazingly beautiful you. Thank you, Brad. This was such a fun conversation. And this is what makes my work worth it is knowing people like you. Thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast today. My guest has been Nicolette Halliday. She is the owner and founder of Inspired Hearts Publishing House. Thank you so much, Nicolette. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. You too, Brad. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.